Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Heidi Murkoff. Heidi is the author of the best-selling pregnancy and parenting series, What to Expect When You're Expecting. She's one of Time's 100 People of the Year in 2011 and the founder of the What to Expect Project. She's on the show today to talk about what to expect when you're expecting and specifically about Bump Day 2021. Bump Day is coming out on July 21st, and let me tell you about it. So in 2015, the What to Expect Project debuted the social campaign, Hashtag Bump Day, with founding partners International Medical Corps, A Thousand Days, and the United Nations Foundation, Universal Access Project, and in collaboration with whattoexpect.com. The campaign celebrates beautiful bumps and healthy pregnancies around the world while raising awareness about the urgent need to end maternal deaths and to advocate for improved maternal health care both in the U.S. and globally. Hashtag Bump Day encourages moms to post photos of their bumps while sharing messages of support for moms and has generated hundreds of thousands of posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, including from such influencers as Olivia Wilde, Christy Turlington, Coco Rocha, Brooklyn Decker, Pharrell Williams, and TV personalities Sarah Haynes, Jessica Moore, and Jenny Puyos, as well as numerous policymakers. So Heidi's on. We're talking about Bump Day. We're talking about what to expect when you're expecting. And I was thrilled because on a personal note, uh, we use the what to expect when you're expecting uh, resources when my kids were born. So it was a real treat for me to be able to talk to Heidi on this episode. Now, before we get started, I do want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is Nick Silvestri, who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you want to go check it out and support him, go to snuffy.co. And by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, if this is your first time listening to the Detox Podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoy it and that you will stick around for weeks and weeks to come. If you are a returning listener to the Detox Podcast, welcome back. I hope you are getting ready to detox from your life just for a little bit for this episode. Now, if you like the podcast and you want to go support it, there's a couple ways you can do that. One, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, download and share the podcast, and rate and review the podcast on any of your podcast platforms. It really helps independent podcasts like this one out. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Heidi Murkoff is right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw, and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, 
and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I am beyond excited. She is the brilliant mind behind what to expect, Heidi Murkoff. Heidi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to to have you on the show. Um, going in as a new parent more than six years ago, what to expect when you're expecting was definitely one of the resources that my wife and I consumed as we were trying to prep for the uh, the unknowing and not being aware of uh, what was coming. So I'm excited to to dig into that, to dig into uh, bump the bump bump day, excuse me, bump day, and then uh, what to expect as a whole entity. So there's a lot of different things we're going to get into. um, But here right at the top of the Detox Podcast, we are a podcast where we invite people to quote unquote detox from the world around them for the length of the episode and just kick back and get to hear the world through someone else's perspective. But I do like to ask my guests this level setting question right at the top. So Heidi, what are you currently detoxing from? Well, I guess... I'm, I'm, if I had to choose something, it would probably be Twitter. (laughs) Although I took a Twitter vacation. Um, Now I have to go back um, to work on Twitter because it's almost bump day. Right. Um, But yeah, sometimes it gets you down. I, I actually love social media in general. um, And I love hanging out with moms and dads best of all and answering questions and and devouring baby pictures so normally it's it's lots of fun but twitter can be a little divisive and i am so not into that right i'm into hugs and everybody like you always try to do make the world a better place right Right. No, I appreciate that. And I agree with you about the Twitter. Uh, I, oh my gosh, I sound like 88. I said the Twitter. I put the in front of it. But, <laughs> but there's times where I go on and I enjoy the community that I, I feel like I've uh, cultivated a little bit of people that I'm following and what I'm seeing. But then after a while, it gets a little too de- divisive. And I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta peace out for a little bit because it's getting yeah. to be too much. But there, there, like there can be goodness in, in there, especially with social media and building the communities and sharing resources and advice. Well, you know, and it's that's so true. And especially for parents, I would say, although um, I would argue parents aren't on Twitter as much. Um, but social media for parents, it's, a, of course, a mixed blessing. Um, when I got pregnant for the first time, there was no such thing as an iPhone, never mind social media. And so 
My husband and I were very much on our own because we were the first kids on the block to get pregnant. Right. So we didn't have that that network of support that now, I mean, let's face it, if you got enough time on your hands, you can make millions of friends right? right. And who are going through the same experience at the same time. Right. Um, and that's that's kind of awesome. It's a great, great source of support. On the other hand, there's the, uh, you know, too much shaming and judging, which I steer clear of. Right. Too much negativity and, of course, too much misinformation. Yes. And yes. sometimes just too much information altogether. Right. But I think right. it, it helps to know that you're not the only one, that we're all kind of in this boat together. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think there's so many times, I, I know, speaking from experience as a, as a new dad, there was a lot of it. Uh, perspective this is this is what I what I what I found out very quickly uh, when you tell someone that you're expecting a child for the first time <laughs> or that um, people love to share their horror stories oh, less yeah. so their their positive and success stories and so it can be very overwhelming when the only oh, yeah. people that are talking are talking about the worst case scenarios that they heard of not necessarily that they experienced but they had heard of and so i think finding those communities of folks saying no you know what i tried this type of 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 laboring and this was helpful for me or this was my experience um with this specific doctor in this specific situation and so mm -hmm. kind of get being able to to sift through some of that uh was was difficult at first but then i think you quickly find the way to to do it well, and you also have to realize, hopefully early on, that every pregnancy is different right. and every body is different. Right. Every parent is different. Every baby is different. I mean, you've had two kids, right? Yep. Weren't the pregnancies different? Yes. And the kids different? Yes. Um, besides the fact that one's a girl and one's a boy, right? right? Yeah. Um, but, but even for, you know, if, if you have five kids, they're all going to be different. That's how, you know, that's how kids roll. Right. And so to, to, um, it's great to, to put yourself in a pregnant woman's shoes and, and understand that her, her shoes don't fit because her feet are swollen. But at the same time, you have to keep that perspective. Right. That um, what I experienced may be helpful to you, but you may have a completely different experience, a completely different perspective. Right. You might, you know, and what works for you doesn't necessarily work for the parent down the street or, you know, might not work for yourself in two different, you know, pregnancies or with two different babies. So um that that's the issue. So it's you know I I'm not fond of like my way or the highway kind of parenting advice. You know this is the one way right. to be a good parent because there's no such thing. There yeah. are I always say there are two absolutes in parenting: love your child unconditionally, and keep your child healthy and safe. And beyond that, you really can't mess it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. There are so many good ways to be a good parent. Yes. If you follow those two absolutes. I agree. Now, I would love for you to walk me through your perspective, writing what to expect when you're expecting. So what was, so we talked about being the first kids on the block. So what was it like for you to go from that experience to writing the book? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, literally, um, you know, we, we had just gotten married, got knocked up, didn't see it coming. That's how young I was and naive. 
Um, I guess you could say young and dumb. But so, you know, there were there were like a handful of books on the market. Um, we had tons of both of us had tons of questions and and worries. And um, the books that that were available didn't answer my questions. They didn't talk us off the ledge. Right. And and it once again, it wasn't a time when you could just go page Dr. Google, you right. know, you have to make an appointment with your doctor or get a phone call back. And so it was it was um, not as easy to get, you know, the, the information that I craved. And I think that every expecting new parent craves. Um, so literally, true story, two hours before I went into labor with Emma, um, I delivered the proposal for what to expect when you're expecting. So it was, you know, well, clearly it was a busy day. Right. <laughs> No, it was a busy day. Um, fortunately, I was nine days late, so I had time to do both. But uh, but yeah, it was I was a mom on a mission. And and when people say, oh, you know, did you expect to write a bestselling? No, right. never, right. never, ever, ever. It was I was on this mission to to make sure that no parent ever had to worry as much as as we did. Yeah. Um, so I needed a hug. I think every parent does. And that's, that was my only intention was to give other parents a hug. And of course, you know, the mission hasn't changed over all these years. It's just grown right. um, substantially, but same mission. I want to help you get through the night. Right. The day. It is so calming to have a book, like what to expect when you're expecting. That's literally just like you said, like a hug, just like a, it's going to be okay. Here's some things to think about. Here's some things to prep for. Here's some situations and scenarios. And just having the ability to start somewhere is, mm -hmm. is a, a peace of mind that I know I didn't consider until we had the book in front of us. Yeah. And of course now, now there's an app too, because right. you know, <laughs> a lot of, of parents prefer that, but knowledge is power, yeah. right? It's it's especially empowering when you're pregnant or you're a new parent, um, and you're frantically searching for an answer. Is this symptom that seems completely unrelated? How could this possibly be part of the pregnancy package, right? right. Um, I'm drooling, like that's weird, but it's normal. Um, that kind of thing. You and you know or could this possibly, you know, be normal for my baby to cry this much? So you're desperately searching for for the answers um, to your questions and to know what's normal and also to know when it isn't or might not be normal and when you should call your doctor. Because one thing I never want to take the place of is a healthcare provider. Right. As you need to find a good one and you need to have a partnership with them. Right. So, and not leave them out of this and have a relationship with Dr. Google. Right. No. <laughs> that, no. that, can, mm -mm. you can get down a, a, a Google hole yes. by continuing to look and look and look and look and look. And it's not uh, always the best. I get the messages all the time yeah. from terrified moms and dads. <laughs> Trust me on that. Right. right. And I'm like, don't Google. Oh, too late. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> 
No. Yeah. No. I've been, and, been and, there. Been so there. Almost all of the time, what, you know, that is the worst case scenario and it isn't happening. But just in case, you know, I think equally as important as getting information is to find that voice inside of you. Um, you know, I call it mom gut. Dads have it too. Um, maybe not quite as keen, but right. it's pretty keen where you know something is wrong yeah. and you need to speak up. Um, you know, maybe it's part, you know, just part of the package and maybe it isn't, but you've got to check it out when you're in doubt. No, absolutely. Now you talked about, we talked about the what to expect app uh, for a, a brief second, but how have you seen the first book grow over the years to the wide ranging impact that it has today in 2021? So, I mean, some things about pregnancy never change, right? Cause right. you're still bloated and queasy and constipated. You got back knee, whatever, you know, right. all those aches and pains. Um, but some things have changed and, you know, changed significantly. And I think, you know, recommendations, guidelines, those things change, um, you know, what vaccines to get. Um, but, but even more than that, I think is how we experience pregnancy and parenting, how it's become something that you, you know, celebrate and embrace and talk about and share about maybe to a fault. I mean, it's like, but if you want to send me pictures of your cervical mucus or your mucus plug or, you know, your baby's diaper, that is a-okay with me. No such thing as TMI. Um, but people are sharing right. their experience. When I was pregnant the first time, and, you know, if you looked at the first, and I pray you don't look at the first edition of what to expect when you're expecting, but it's like this woman in a rocking chair, she's, she's got like the polyester pup tent, you know, that you can sleep a family of four under, you, you can't tell what she's thinking, but she looks a little constipated, um, and maybe just a tad miserable. And, you know, there's flowers and she's got the quilt going on. And it's just very, um, it's, it portrays pregnancy in the 80s. Whereas if you look at today and, you know, I would have loved to have shown off my belly. And the one time I did at like the, the community pool in a one piece bathing suit, I was looked at like I was completely, um, well, that I was doing something obscene right. by showing my belly. And that was just not something that people did. But I think you look at today's what to expect when you're expecting. That's my daughter, Emma, on the cover when she was pregnant with Lennox, um, our, our first grandson. And she's showing off her belly. She's happy, you know, as miserable as sometimes she was. She was celebrating the fact that she was having a baby. She was pregnant and proud right. to be pregnant. And so the way we experience pregnancy and parenting has changed quite a lot. And I, I embrace that. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's a great thing. Um, so, the, so the evol it's never changed just as the mission hasn't, right. the words have changed a lot. I rewrite it every, every time and plus do updates every year. Um, and it's in its, well, it'll be its sixth edition soon, but it, you know, the, 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 um, it has evolved 
I, I prefer to use the word evolve because yeah. it did evolve, you know, from pregnant woman in rocking chair to, you know, pregnant woman erectus, you know, standing up and proud. So I like it. You know, journey. yeah, I, I, you said something that really resonated with me, the, which we talked about a little bit earlier about the, the mission doesn't change. So some of the words and some of the information does based on time and natural progression of that, but the actual core elements and, and mission statement of the book remain true regardless of which. And the brand. Yeah, yeah. Everything about it. And I think that's what, what allows it to continue to resonate with with people such as me in 20, uh, 2014 when we read it, because 2015, the beginning was when my, my daughter was born. But, um, but and then even now in 2021, which so many things have changed between 2014 and 2021. And that's weird to think about, because to me, it just happened. Um, and, well, to me, you know, 1985 right. just happened, right. but you know. I digress. Right. Well, you, we talked about celebrating bumps. So I think that's a good opportunity. Talk, talk to us about Bump Day, its origins and its impacts. So um, about 20 years ago, uh, we founded the What to Expect Project. And that's our foundation um, because it's, you know, part of the mission is that every mom and dad gets the information they need. Every mom and dad gets su the support they need. Um, to have a healthy pregnancy and a safe birth and, you know, and deliver a healthy baby with a healthy future. So that goes for at-risk moms. Um, and sadly, in our country, we have the highest maternal mortality rate in the developed world, um, something that many let lawmakers are not aware. I just the other day said to, to somebody, who's a member of Congress, you know, we have, and he was like, no, that can't be possible, but it is, it is. And uh, black moms are three times more likely to die than white moms, moms uh, who are American Indian or Alaskan native are more likely uh, to have those kinds of life-threatening complications that go untreated because of disparities in care. Um, and we all sort of know and have known that, you know, there are women in Africa and, you know, Bangladesh who have poor outcomes. Um, but we are doing really poorly in maternal health in this country, and that's unacceptable. So the idea is to, is to bring awareness to the need for better care for, for all moms, and that includes the U.S. So what we're what we started doing seven years ago this is our seventh year of bump day is uh and this year it's on july 21st so i hope everybody gets ready to post their bump um we celebrate those beautiful bumps we celebrate healthy pregnancies um and then we bring awareness to the fact that too many moms don't get the care they need and not just any care but equitable care, you know, yeah. respectful and responsive um, that doesn't come with disparities and bias and that doesn't come with use by dates, you know, and yeah. unfortunately our system of healthcare, if you don't have private insurance, you're, you know, if, if you rely on Medicaid, your coverage may end in your state when you're two months postpartum. So that leaves lots of moms with potentially life-threatening complications that don't get treated. Right. 
Um, so, so on July 21st, on our seventh annual bump day, all you have to do is post a bump with the hashtag bump day. And it can be, um, you, you'll have to post two. So past, present bumps, uh, a bump you love, whatever bump you want to show off. And then also a message about um, how we must do better when it comes to maternal health care. We have a whole toolkit you can tap into at whattoexpect.com slash bump day. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's staggering the the rates too. And I think it is, to your point, it is something that I think folks aren't aware of. We had Dr. Tiffany Woodis, who is a uh, local OBGYN here uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on towards the end of last year. And she talked about opening up her, her practice in the Dallas area specifically for black moms who could get a care by a black OBGYN who understood certain perspectives and certain uh, care needs that, that these moms would need. And she said, I, I created the resource because it needs to exist. And we need more of this because to exactly quoting what you said, that they're, uh, what was it? Three to three to four times more likely to, to exactly. die. Exactly. Exactly. And so just having, just knowing that and then creating these resources to, to solve for that, I think is a step in the right direction. But, but yeah, to your point, we must do better overall for sure. What is, um, this, the, the, the work that on, that you're currently doing on Capitol Hill, since we're kind of on, on this topic for the TRICARE coverage for doula support act. Can you, can you, uh, go over that a little bit with us? So we've been working on the Hill for, with members of Congress for um, for years, but this year has been quite productive. In fact, um, we, you know, we we do a program with the USO, um, and we we do baby showers for military moms all around the world and military dads. By the way, we've had um, many many showers for dads in Okinawa and Korea, uh, Germany, um, and and around the states as well and um i would say if if there's every family needs support every mom needs support but when you're so isolated you're so far from your family and your friends and your network of support as military families are um and have been more so than ever during the pandemic because the bases were on lockdown and families can't even now go to Japan. So if your mom was going to be at the birth, guess what? She can't be um, because you're stationed in Okinawa. So, um, and the country is shut down. So there, there's so many challenges, mental health challenges, um, support challenges. And so I, I feel like these, these parents need the support more than even, you know, the rest of us and we need it badly. So for perspective, um, and and so, you know, giving them a shower, make, building connections between all of them is really important. But we also uh, went to the hill to to advocate for better care, better support. So the the Tricare um, under the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021, uh, we got a bill passed that will mandate doulas. Uh, be covered under TRICARE. Um, doulas, you probably know, are support, birth support for yep. moms and dads. And when you're, you've got a partner who's deployed and you're by yourself, 
Um, you don't have anyone to be there at your baby's birth. Um, that's extremely hard. So just, just, you know, making sure that every mom can get a doula if she wants one in the military. We also pass a, um, a resolution, a, a doula recognition, uh, a doula resolution uh, to recognize the, the work, the important work that doulas do. And that's across the board. They are, um, they support moms who are most at risk. They, um, you know, when, when other support is not available and they advocate for moms who don't, you know, might not be listened to. And that's yeah. super important in, in black communities, um, other communities of color, that's, that's really significant. We also got um, a, a bill passed that, uh, that's assessing, you know, the, the mental health care that military moms get. Right. Um, they are far more likely to suffer from maternal mood disorders like pregnancy, depression, postpartum depression, um, pregnancy uh, anxiety disorder, postpartum anxiety disorder, PTS, postpartum PTSD. There are all kinds of ways that um, mood disorders manifest, but getting care for them in the military is not that easy. So, I, I mean, I, I advocate for mental health care for all, but especially for moms. Yep. And uh, this is a population that needs it a lot. And I know this because I talk to these moms every single day. Sure. Yeah. You know, you talk about, we talk about um, the importance of doulas and I know for, for us, so we used um, uh, a doula. So uh, Alyssa Moat, she's fantastic. She's here in the local Dallas Fourth area as well. Oh, that's great. And um, so she, we used her for both, both of our, of our mm -hmm. kids birth. And, and it was something that we weren't necessarily sure if we needed prior to talking with her. And then after talking with her, we realized this is something we needed for one, just help being the organizer and the coach, if you will, yeah. and then yeah. having the birth plan and being able to advocate for it. I mean, there was, there was a couple situations where we didn't feel folks would listen to either mm -hmm. my wife for whatever reason, or to me and, mm -hmm. but her having her be there and help us stand firm with the birth plan that we had put together was key. And I don't know that we would have been as successful without her. So a hundred percent, for doulas, especially for the military moms who want that, because that is absolutely crucial to a healthy and positive birth experience. And, and I feel it should be covered under Medicaid as yes, well agreed. for all moms um, who can't afford one, because right. you know, for many, it's a too big an investment. Um, so that that should be served. You know, doulas, doctors, and midwives and nurses—they come and go. Right. They're not with you during your entire birth experience yeah. and doulas are, and that's a huge difference. Um, they're not, you know, medical professionals. They're just there for support, but support is so important. Yeah. And the studies show that, that uh, doula supported births are less likely to require interventions, right. C-sections, um, induction, they're even less likely, moms are less likely to have postpartum depression if they have the support of a doula. Right. That's huge. Yeah. It really is. And that's why I feel, you know, I'm really glad that you took advantage of that option. And I, I think there's probably a perception among some fathers that, oh, we don't, you know, 
oh, that person's going to take my place. No, right. not at all. You know, that person is there to support both of you. Yes. Um, and to help both of you. So, and they can help with breastfeeding. There's just, they're, they have, they're very good multitaskers. Yes. <laughs> good massagers get you into a good position right. um, and just be there for both of you. Yeah. It definitely relieved the stress that we had um, on both days to know that there was somebody that we, you know, we met multiple times ahead of time and stayed in yeah. constant contact. And so when the day came, there was no asking, what should I do? She was just doing it and then directing us where we should go based on what we had already talked about. Because it's one thing to talk about it. And it's another thing to be in the moment and be like, wow, I don't remember what I'm supposed to be doing right this very moment. Yes, for sure. And, you know, also a doula won't, won't, uh, if you want a C, uh, not a C-section, if you want an epidural, right. they're not going to say, oh, you can't have one. Right. A good doula is there to support whatever your choices are, but also what's medically necessary at the yep. time. Um, they're not going to try to intervene and stop a C-section that's necessary. That just won't happen. Right. Um, and I think initially, you know, medical, especially doctors, OBs, were hesitant about letting doulas in, into their space. Yeah. But I think that has definitely um, waned because yes. I, I think they see the value. Absolutely. I want to know what advice or perspective would you have or would you give people who are entering parenthood for the very first time and are literally wanting to know what should they be expecting? <laughs> Good luck. No. <laughs> um, no, here's the thing. You don't, you can't ever know what to expect again, because every pregnancy is different. Every baby is different. Right. Um, and, and I think you can expect to you can expect the unexpected most of the time. And there's there's so much that you can prepare for and having a good foundation of knowledge is, is of course, really, really helpful. So taking the classes and, you know, reading up on breastfeeding, all of that is great. Um, childbirth classes, because the more you know, right? right. Hashtag, um, that's, that's great. Um, but you also have to be prepared for the fact that you can't prepare for everything and that certain amount of it is gonna be by the seat of your pants. And that it's, you know, it's a demanding job. It's the only job that you get thrown into without training. Yep. That's 24 seven. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, you, you can surprise yourself on certain days and then some days you're like second guessing yourself. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. And so, I mean, my, my best advice is, you know, to stop and smell the babies. Like you, yes. you know how they say the, the days are long and the years fly by. Well, I can attest to that sisters and brothers like right. it flew by in a flash and i wish i had spent less time you know sweating the the small stuff yeah. and instead smelling the small stuff right. literally because it smells so good and it doesn't forever right? right um you know my i remember the day my son we picked him up at school and all of a sudden there was a smell in the car right i was like when did that happen <laughs> Um, because he was a sweet little cherub, like right. just yesterday that smelled amazing. So I think, yeah, 
cut yourself a lot of slack because you're going to be learning on the job in the trenches as much as you prepare. You're going to learn, you know, one day, one long, endless night, you know, one bout of colic, you know, at a time, one yep. diaper blowout at a time. That's right. how it, that's how it happens. Yep. I, uh, I, I don't get asked for a new new advice as much uh, in a post-pandemic world. But when we were in the office and I would run into coworkers and friends who were having babies for the first time, they would always ask me, what should I prep for? What should I? And I said, look, my advice m with my perspective was read as much as you want, as much as you can, as much as you have capacity for, and be prepared to understand that none of it may be relevant to your situation. <laughs> Exactly. Just know exactly. that because it may not be, but it, that is so wise, so wise beyond your years. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's absolutely true. And, you know, so much of it is, you know, I would say I initially thought instincts. I don't have any of those, right. but you do ultimately right. tap into them. Um, you don't notice them, over, you know, right away or overnight, but you will if you if you listen really closely you will know yourself and you will know your baby but it does take time and you know you you as you said expect the unexpected that's right and the other thing i i i feel this is important because you're a father right. right and i'm a dadvocate um and i like to tell the story of when we came home from the hospital and uh, with Emma, uh, we walked into our little New York apartment and I had her in my arms and I just burst into tears because I was thinking, oh my God, they gave me this baby and they let me go home with this baby. I don't have a clue what to do with her. Right. She was crying, I was crying. Eric took her from me, tucked me into bed, brought her to me for, for feeding, but basically took over. And I want to emphasize for any fathers who are listening, this is what I say all the time. There's nothing that a mom can do that a dad can't do just as well, if not better, given the opportunity. And that's the important caveat because a lot of times women folk think it's women's, you know, their world and like keep them out. Um, and even with the best of intentions, like, you know, they'll do that maternal gatekeeping yeah. where, uh, you know, he, he wants to help, but every time he tries to help, you say, you're doing it all wrong. Right. You never help, but you're doing it all wrong. Right. And that, that's the problem. You have to let dad's dad. Yep. Um, and sometimes they're better at it. Some, because, you know. Fathers go through hormonal changes during pregnancy. They go through hormonal changes postpartum. They have a surge in estrogen, not enough to grow breasts or anything, but it's enough to bring out that nurturing side of the male of the species. Right. It happens throughout the animal kingdom. And it's really important to let that oxytocin flow, you know, for dads to do skin to skin and for moms to just let them do it. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, don't try to get in the way of a dad and his baby. Just don't do it. Mm -mm. I, uh, 
there was a shirt that I got for when my son was newborn. I think it was called like the kangaroo or something. And it was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, with the Velcro at the top. And so uh-huh. uh, just tucked him in there and just yeah. held him there for as long as I could. I wish I could still do that. Um, he's a little bit bigger and it wouldn't work. Um, but, yeah, but tell dad to do. Yeah. But you're, yeah, they, don't, yeah. they tend to, to stop enjoying the skin to skin somewhere around <laughs> five. Right. But you're right about the, um, about the the gatekeeping and 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 honestly some of us dads do it to ourselves right so i know that with our, my firstborn i wanted like even when going in wanting to be very actively involved i still found myself defaulting to well you know asking my wife well, what do you think we should do or how do you think we should approach and finally one day after probably the third time of it happening that day she just turned and said you know i've never done this before either right like this is oh, all new to me sure. too and i yeah. and it just clicked and i'm like you're right we're we're in this together this isn't like she doesn't have any rule like guidelines that i don't have we have the same mm-hmm. so then our dynamic shifted and we were able to work together but i mean it was I, it's it's easy to do i think because we're so hesitant that it, it we can end up keeping ourselves out but to your point to the advice just go in let to your what you said let dad's dad and and be supportive because it's so That's crucial true. Yeah. And it's so good for baby. Yes. You know, and when there's a father in the picture, that father should be engaged. Mm -hmm. Partnership. This is a partnership, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's partnership throughout life. Yep. Absolutely. This has been fantastic. We are going to pivot to a segment of the show I like to call things to check out. So it's a segment where I provide a recommendation of something I'm reading and something that I'm listening to that I want the audience to uh, engage in. And I also ask my guests to provide a recommendation or two of their own. I will go first. So I am currently listening to, uh, it's this podcast called We Admitted the Recovering Us Project. So it is a podcast that I stumbled upon uh, through Instagram browsing. And it's about these two women who are sharing their own perspectives of reclaiming some of their happiness in their own personal life. It's wonderful. I definitely recommend it. Um, And I'm reading, or rereading, I should say, in honor of the Olympics starting up later this month, I'm rereading Falling Forward, which is Olympic gymnast Jonathan Horton's personal memoir. So he's been on the show, good friend of the show, but it's about his memoirs of winning medals in, I believe it was the 2008 Olympics, but he participated in 08 and 12. So definitely go check those out. So Heidi, what are you, uh, what are some things you want folks to check out? Oh, I wish I had anything to recommend <laughs> because honestly, if I get two seconds of my day, because the, 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 busy just doesn't stop and you know we even going back to traveling finally you know going to our our military bases instead of doing them all virtually um so when i have spare time all i do is go on instagram (laughs) and talk to moms and dads i'm sorry i am so lame i don't (laughs) listen to podcasts i didn't even listen to my i don't listen to my own podcast um (laughs) well there's a thing people can check out right is your own podcast there's something folks can listen to to, conveniently enough called what to expect like everything else in my life (laughs) um or my social media at heidi murkoff it's so easy um yeah, no, I, I sadly have not had time to do anything much or read anything much. Um, I mean, I try to read a, uh, you know, the news once in a while, but that's about it. 
Right. Well, I, I like it and people can definitely go check out what to expect. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And we're going to pivot to the final part of the show. It's the dad joke of the week. It's a segment where I hurl dad jokes to my unsuspecting guest in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans, but I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guests. So it works out for me. Um, so grow. Heidi, are you ready to hear some grown worthy baby themed dad jokes? Sure. All right. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the pregnant bed bug. Um, I heard she's going to have her baby in the spring. It's a pregnant bed bug ah! in the spring. <laughs> Got it. Uh, all right. So what? Uh, yeah, that was my groan. <laughs> Heidi, when I'm a grown woman. <laughs> when potatoes have babies, what are they called? Tater tots. Tater tots because they're tater tots because they're potatoes all right boo i La thought you said tomatoes oh, that's tomato. why oh short potatoes oh, no 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 yeah okay got it right. last one i was thinking why would tomatoes be called tater tots right <laughs> okay that uh joke splattered all over the, the yeah all right, right right last yeah, one rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes right, right. what do you call a group of baby soldiers I should know this one. An infantry. Uh, uh, there, there, there is. All right. All right, Heidi, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? At Heidi Murkoff. You can find me eh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And um, you can, I, I, I answer every question I get. It's true. That's fantastic. Well, True story. <laughs> Heidi, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Is there one mantra that you have for yourself that you would like to give listeners as one final parting word? Yeah, I, I, I think I already said it. It's stop and smell the babies. So I'm going to stick with that. That's my, that's my secret to happiness. That and IVAX for hugs. Yes, I, it is. I definitely, I, I couldn't wait to roll up my sleeve just to have, go back to my hugs as usual. Yes. A very strict one hug minimum, no maximum, so. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. And listeners, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>